Over 100 federally recognized Native American tribes call California home, but too many others succumb to massacres, enslavement, and disease. And the cultures of those who remain are constantly in danger of disappearing. But in the Inland Empire region of Southern California, one tribe has recently announced its plans to fight back. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Monday, January 24th, 2022. Today, we'll speak with Los Angeles Times reporter Nathan Solis, who has been covering the story of the Serrano people of Southern California. And we'll also hear from Ernest Siva. He's one of the last living oral historians of the Serrano language. The Serrano people, who call themselves Marayam, are slowly starting to see their story get more prominence. There's now college courses that teach their language and more people that speak parts of it. And in San Bernardino County, officials not only recognize the Serrano language, but at a big press event late last year, they acknowledge that three county museums all sit on Serrano ancestral lands. It's a historic development in a region where Native American culture and history has long been ignored, romanticized as vestiges of a lost people, or both. Nathan Solis is my colleague in the LA Times' Metro section. Nathan, welcome to the Times. Hey, thanks for having me on. So this move by San Bernardino County in November, language recognition, land acknowledgements, what was that about? It was more or less the chance to put on the books that Serrano was a language that was spoken by a wide swath of people at one point across the Southern California region, and the chance to put it on the records, so to speak, because before this time, Serrano was not officially part of San Bernardino's history. And it was really emotional for a lot of people who saw this happen after generations of just being ignored, pushed aside. The Serrano language kind of was something that was talked about by the tribal communities, but never by someone who had an official quote-unquote, San Bernardino title. So, Nathan, there was this acknowledgement by San Bernardino of the language, but there was also a ceremony at a museum that had an exhibit about the Serranos in the Serrano language as well. The people who went, what did they tell you about the significance of that? Yes, Assemblyman James Ramos. Just really emotional because he'd been hearing this language spoken as a child, and all of a sudden it went away. It wasn't something that he heard every day. And so to have it recognized by San Bernardino really meant something to him. And he's really working to have uh, the indigenous communities be recognized on a broader level. So this is just another step in that effort. Yeah, there's actually a big native population in Southern California, but sadly, too many people forget about that. If people know anything about the indigenous history and heritage of the region, it's only from commercials for casinos like Sodoba, Pala, Pechanga. Who are the Serranos? So right now, you could safely say that the Serrano people are split between multiple tribes. And they were once spread across the San Bernardino Mountain region. And the Serrano people were wiped out through genocide. That was the sort of progress that was being made in California. And when I say progress, I mean you know, white men coming and trying to eradicate the indigenous communities. And that continued for several years. And at one point, the Serrano community dwindled down to maybe less than 100 people. 
And the region that we're talking about, the San Bernardino Mountains, their region, describe it for the people who aren't familiar with it. Oh, it's a picturesque mountain region. It's near the desert. It's very beautiful if you're driving in from Los Angeles just because you have this wide open space. And so there were millions of acres of land that was once part of the Serrano territory. In the story, you wrote actually that it was 7.4 million acres in Southern California, but now their territory is just about one square mile. When the Spaniards first came into Southern California, the region, they described the area as desolate, but this is their homeland. This is land that they were able to live on for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Yeah, and even the name Serrano is something that the Spanish missionaries came up with for the people who lived in this area. The historians will go back and say that the Serrano people were spread across a wide range and the missionaries who came wanted to just dumb it down and so they called them Serrano. But this is something that the people in the area take pride in. They are Serrano. The culture and heritage is something that they want to hold on to. Coming up, one of the last living oral historians of the Serrano language. Nathan, we've been talking about the erasure and the land theft of the Serrano people, and one big part of that is language. How many people are left today who can speak and teach it? There are just a handful of people who can really get a hold of the Serrano language, and really one person who is considered the last fluent speaker, he is Vernus Siva. He is a tribal elder from the Morongo Reservation. Never forget your language. Never forget where you came from. Ernest Siva, really interesting person. His aunt, Dorothy Ramon, was the last fluent speaker of the Strano language. It was a big job, so she felt the weight, I'm sure, on her shoulders to do that. And so we wanted to carry that on. And his family more or less speaks Strano now. Ernest Siva is a tribal historian. And he's also an oral historian. Most reservations in the Southland that you go to there, there will be individuals who sing the bird songs. So the song says, He plays music and he tells stories in the Serrano language. And he's done that for decades throughout the region as a teacher and as a professor. Because we came in the air like the birds. That's why we have these bird songs that, that explain our history. Today, there's, they say that we sing a fraction of the bird songs. The rest are gone, they're lost. So his voice is probably one of the few voices you'll find in recorded documents speaking the Serrano language in university archives. My name is Ernest Siva. I'm at Cal State University San Bernardino. And today is the 21st of April, 2009. And the language is Serrano or Maringa. What are you doing? Hititnyahai. Hititnyahai. Go on. 
There's also a center named after his aunt, right? Yeah, the Dorothy Ramon Learning Center in Banning, California. That's run by Ernest Siva and his wife, June. And that's essentially one of the last places you can find Serrano performed either artwork or poetry or music. The center also showcases the indigenous cultures of the surrounding community. Here's Ernest and June performing a lullaby in Kawia. You have this family speaking Serrano. You have a handful of people speaking it. The language is slowly dying out. So why did it take so long for the San Bernardino County government to recognize the Serrano language or even offer a land acknowledgement? Yeah, that's been a real work in progress for the tribal communities. The way Ernest puts it is that this is just another chance to remind people that Serrano were in the region. And it's always been something that they've wanted to see officially put on the books. The Serrano community, at least, doesn't have a good answer of why it took so long. But the way that it's been framed is that Dorothy Ramon died in 2002. And essentially, that was the last fluent speaker who was the holder of Serrano. She dreamt in Serrano. She grew up with the language. And essentially, the language was almost extinct. And so since then, Ernest has just been working away to raise awareness about the language with the Simonel and Morongo Reservations. That's how it goes. Panakwanmi. Panakwanmi. The wind has a song for all eternity. Shuvut acha kat yung tu. Shuvut acha kat yung tu. Coming up, the next generation of Serrano speakers. Nathan, are there other ways of keeping the language going and also the traditions? So Ernest mentions that he wants to see more people teaching this language. And he just so happens to have a student. His name is Mark Araujo Levinson. He's a Latino man who loves languages, went out of his way to contact Ernest and just picked it up. And so Ernest is just really thrilled that there are people who are interested in the language. And now that it's been taught at Cal State San Bernardino, it's giving people an opportunity to pick up not only the language, but also the heritage behind the Serrano people. And Marco Rajo Levinson, he's only 25. What? And again, as you said, not Serrano. Did he tell you what interests him so much in learning a language that's not his? 
Yeah, he's fascinating. Uh, he really likes languages in general. He's into just learning about new cultures and new languages. Hey, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Sorry, I've been MIA lately. Um, been busy with like school stuff and work stuff. Uh, indigenous cultures and languages as well. And he just wanted to hear more about Serrano. And I guess you could say that piqued his curiosity. And so starting in 2017, he started posting videos on YouTube of him just learning the language. He eventually got a job with Morongo's heritage group to teach the language. And so now him and other linguists are working to preserve the language. And then, of course, you also have the classes at Cal State San Bernardino as well. Yeah, the classes are currently on hold due to the pandemic, but they are being offered and they're full courses where you get a language credit. So instead of learning Spanish or French, you could learn Serrano. And finally, all of this going on with the Serrano language is coming at a time where you have like, I don't want to call it a movement, but more and more people want to know about the indigenous heritage of Southern California. Thomas Kerwin, our colleague, did a story last year about the people teaching the Tongva language in Southern California as well. So the Serranos who are pushing this, are they seeing themselves as part of this greater movement? Do they want other people to also learn about the language or just this is more a way of survival for themselves to keep their own traditions? I think you could say that it's a means to raise awareness, but also to hold on to the culture. They absolutely want more people to speak Serrano. And I think that something that you're seeing now with through their efforts, the last time that Serrano was mentioned on such a wide level was when Assemblyman James Ramos spoke at a Riverside school after a math teacher performed a racially insensitive, I guess you could say racist, mockery of indigenous culture where she did like this powwow dance to get across a mnemonic device to her students. And the students were indigenous and they were just incredibly offended. And so Ramos and other indigenous leaders, they want people to know that these people who are indigenous live in these communities. They are still here. They are not just some bygone era that has left the area because you have a five guys in a parking lot. You have these people here and they want to be recognized. Nathan, thank you so much for this interview. Thank you for the opportunity, Gustavo. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Special thanks and credit to Ernest and June Siva from the Dorothy Ramon Learning Center. You can subscribe to their newsletter at dorothyramonlearningcenter.substack.com. We'd also like to thank Mark Arajo Levinson, the Democratic Office of Communication and Outreach, and the San Manuel Band of Mission Indians. You can learn more about the tribes of Southern California by visiting nativeamericanday.org and sanmanuel-nsn.gov. Tomorrow, for many Americans, Honduras conjures up images of mainly one thing, migrant caravans. But Honduras has a new president. Could things change for the better? Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, Melissa Kaplan, Ashley Brown, and Angel Carreras. 
Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Lauren Rabb and Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmin Aguilera and Shawnee Hilton. And our theme music is by Andrew Eapin. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow the times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us Tapuchia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this madre. Gracias. <laughs>